Welcome to week two, week three. I don't know what week this is. Um, week 11. Week 11, week 20. <laughs> what should be the first week? And I'm already thinking that I already did a bunch of episodes. <laughs> In today's episode, and then it starts the music. It's like 10, 10, 10, the preview. Uh, we have Brian from the AIDS Committee of Ottawa, also known as ACO. Pronounce they them. The Men's Outreach Coordinator. Oh. She, and she's here to talk to us about the AIDS crisis. The AIDS crisis. The AIDS crisis. So we're going to dive in into this hot topic of this hot era. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hi, Fee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, still gay. Are you still thriving? Oh, of course. Listen, we've been saying that 2020 <laughs> has been a shit year for all of, for all for everybody, but like Brian and I have been thriving this yeah. year. Uh, like it, it's good that we're thriving, but it's also kind of like weird to feel good because everyone else is not is not, and it's just like. But I don't want to be too guilty of my successes because like. You know, it took me a while to get to where I am, but I'm happy. I'm very proud. In the words of Miranda Priestley, everybody wants to be us. <laughs> <laughs> we're already going to hate us. Okay, I know. We're already hated, but we're going to be more hated yeah, now. Okay. <laughs> so, Brian, tell me what we're here today. What are we talking? What are, what are we dissecting? Okay. Yeah. So, we're here today to really talk about the HIV AIDS crisis. Um, and this is in celebration with World AIDS Day on December 1st. So, we're going to have different types of events and stuff at the AIDS Committee of Ottawa before for AIDS Awareness Week. And uh, one of this, uh, one of the activities that we're doing is this re- releasing this podcast. And hopefully, people will learn a thing or two about the HIV AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be driving your car, cooking, grocery shopping. And like educating yourself but again I, you do you we don't absolutely. judge where you listen to your podcast as long absolutely. as you're listening to it absolutely am, am i right mm-hmm. so let's start with like what is the aids crisis when did it start what is hiv how did it become controversial etc yeah so um the hiv aids crisis like kind of like really started in the 1980s and most of the people who were impacted by hiv aids were gay gay by men who have sex with men and yeah i think it was just a really big thing back then and the way we know it now uh has kind of like uh, evolved throughout the years but at first it was really called the gay related it was called um, the gay related immune deficiency rather than um, um, acquired was... uh, immunodeficiency syndrome. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and it, which is caused by the HIV, which is caused by HIV, which is the human immunodeficiency virus. Um, and it really impacted uh, gay, gay bi men who have sex with men uh, around the 1980s. A lot of people were dying. A lot of um, uh, gay men's uh, friends were dying. A lot of um, friends of Fam- friends and family of like the LGBT community were dying and it kind of like became this really big thing kind of like what we're experiencing now with um, COVID-19 although it's not very much like COVID-19 but um, there were definitely things from uh, the HIV AIDS crisis that were kind of like parallel to uh, a pandemic that we're experiencing now. Um, but in terms of what it was, what it looked like in the past is um, people were dying and there was no medication and people don't even know the virus. And uh, it was just a horrible thing that killed a lot of people. 
Um, and I think uh, the LGBT community in particular are very resilient on like their activism and really um, forcing uh, the government to take action because these are killing um, people back then. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sad, sad, but interesting. I know it was. It was really sad. I, and I, I hear a lot of stories from uh, gay men who have survived the HIV AIDS pandemic. I think the HIV AIDS pandemic is still there, but it's like a little bit more quiet. But a lot of people were saying that like, yeah, like I have a big circle of friends from a long time ago and I see them slowly dying like every year, like one person, two people, five people die. Mm -hmm. And it's just this horrible thing. Imagine losing your group of friends uh, because of the HIV AIDS crisis. So you said the pandemic um, of HIV, how do you think is there a response to that pandemic compared to like the COVID-19 pandemic and like the activism around that and information about like protection, etc.? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a very interesting question because um, during the HIV AIDS pandemic, like LGBTQ people were still very much stigmatized as like disgusting. And then the way um, gay, bi, sex men, and LGBTQ people have sex uh, were perceived as the cause of the HIV/AIDS pandemics. There, uh, a lot of messaging were like, if you have sex with other, if you're a guy who have, who have sex with other guys, you're gonna get AIDS, right? And um, it was very much like an, an educated, very biased, and very stigmatized type of messaging from like the government, from um, our like religious institutions, from our even from our family and friends. Like people still say those things like if you're gonna have sex you're gonna get aids because you're gay uh which is which is a really big part of um uh what the pandemic was uh in the 1980s uh so people were very much uneducated and it kind of like stalled uh the progression of developing new technologies medications and giving them to the lgbt community because uh the government will be like um the LGBTQ, like the gay gay men are doing this to themselves. Like, why are we like helping them? Why do we have them? to save them? Yeah, why do we have to save them? Like, they're basically killing each other. And uh, and the way we're responding now with the COVID pandemic, um, in relation to the HIV pandemic, was that um, I think now we're really uh, kind of like changing our ways and how we view things. There are still people who still view that like, oh, you're at a party. Um, you shouldn't be taken care of because you're putting yourself at risk mm-hmm. for um, COVID-19. But I think the response now is more like, it, like we encourage you to limit like social distancing, um, limit your circles for like up to 10 people max kind of thing. But if you do get COVID, like we're still gonna take care of you. Mm-hmm. Whereas we didn't have that the same response uh, in the 1980s during the AIDS pandemic. It was very much like, you're doing this to yourself. Like, why do we have to help you? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, right now we're experiencing a lot more progress and a lot more movement in, and developing vaccine, new technologies with COVID-19, like really taking care of people. And we've actually, um, there's a lot more public health promotion and messaging around that are positive uh, around COVID-19. And I think that's a really good thing that we learned based from uh, the HIV AIDS pandemic.
This episode is presented in partnership with the AIDS Committee of Ottawa in celebration of World AIDS Day on December 1st. You can find more information about the AIDS Committee of Ottawa at aco-cso.ca. Okay, so you talked about how the response from the government is different. And what do you think there's an impact on how the AIDS movement started, like and the AIDS um, activist groups had an impact on today's like research, the way we see AIDS, like HIV and AIDS, and like how the, the response of public health authorities has an impact on the gay community. Yeah, absolutely. So um, because it was really from grassroots like activism of like gay bi men have sex with men and people from the LGBT community. And I would also include like uh, trans folks into the picture that um, they see their peers dying. They see themselves um, contracting HIV and then they are scared of dying. And they're also scared of giving a uh, transmitting HIV um, to their family and friends, right? And so it was very much like, we want the government to do something about this. And it was like, a really great push. And then uh, a really great push from the LGBTQ community. And they were really saying that like, you have to do something because we can't do this prevention. We can't prevent the spread of HIV ourselves. Like you have the power, like the government has the power to um, put funding into um, developing medication, put funding into prevention, put funding into health promotion and stuff like that. So um, it kind of like really ignited uh, um, what we know now as like the equal rights movement or the, the gay rights movement, if some people call it like that. But um, a lot of people um, like have protest rallies and it was really about the impact of HIV AIDS in their communities. Like one type of activism I want to talk about is uh, it was in Ottawa. I think it was in the nine, 1990s or 80s. I'm not sure. But uh, there were a group of um, gay men, health healthcare professionals, and it was when um, the medications for HIV was not yet approved by Health Canada. So they went to Parliament Hill, set up a table, sat down and took HIV meds, saying that these medications actually help us live and survive. And uh, you need to approve this drug because people are dying. And I think that was one big kind of like type of activism that really ignited the LGBT community that like things like radical activism such as like that can like work and actually work. And uh, we do benefit from all of those activism from a long time ago. There's so many things that uh, a lot of gay bi men have sex with men have done in the past. Uh, a lot of trans folks have done in the past uh, to kind of like pave the way of what we are, what we're benefiting uh, from those types of activism now. So you talked about the drug being developed. So that will be one type of technology that has mm -hmm. been come out of the AIDS movement. I don't want to call it the AIDS movement, but like the AIDS activism and it's, it will be a movement anyway. Yeah. Uh, what other technologies do you think have come out of that that are beneficial for the gay community and the community as a whole? Yeah, so um, the AIDS activism was really like, powerful because it encouraged um, pharmaceutical companies to create more drugs and to develop more drugs. Um, it was just kind of like the way we, you know, like new technologies work that we improve 
all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the great things that came out of it was, I would say, U equals U, prep, and the different types of prevention that we have now. Mm -hmm. Uh, U equals U means uh, undetectable equals untransmittable, which means that if you're someone who's living with HIV and if you're on medication and have reached an undetectable viral load, you can't transmit HIV to your sexual partners, which is a very, very big thing uh, for the HIV AIDS movement because not only people are staying healthy, but they're also living uh, their full lives and they're also sleeping with other people and they can't transmit HIV to other people and that uh, it's a lot of uh, progress of that. I actually want to tell a story about how like the U equals U movement started. So it started as uh, when so during the HIV AIDS crisis uh, the medications were approved and people started living healthy lives. At first the medications people were taking like 12 20 pills a day which is like I can't even imagine how to start with that but so people were uh really just trying to live and experiment on these um different types of medications and that medications kind of improved so people started uh, ended up with um two or three pills a day and there's this thing we call treatment as prevention which basically means that um if you're someone living with hiv and you're with medication uh you can't die basically because of hiv your hiv um, the HIV virus in your body will become stabilized. Your CD4 cells or your immune cells are going to be stable. That means you are protected with um, all the other infections, bacteria that um, put you at risk of like different types of diseases because um, you don't have um, your CD4 cells anymore. Anyway, um, so you're living healthy lives because of like HIV. So that's called treatment as prevention. You're not dying anymore. And what the community was, uh, so the community was really happy about it. So the HIV community was celebrating that, um, you know, they're not dying anymore because of HIV. And then what they found out, so um, not only did the medication stop them from dying but it also they kind of realized that okay i'm i'm hiv positive i'm on medication i'm not dying anymore but i'm realizing that i'm not infecting other people uh when i'm on my medication and that's really how u equals u started was that people were realizing that not only they're that not only that they're living their full lives but they're also not um transmitting the hiv virus into like other people anymore and i think that was like a really great like ah the, the medications are doing more than um, what they're supposed to. Uh, it was and and then people from the scientific community were still like, no, that's still risky, that kind of thing. But it was also really the activism of the HIV AIDS community saying that like, no, this is something that we notice uh, in our communities that we're not um, transmitting HIV to our sexual partners anymore. You need to do more research about this. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of and then so TASP treatment as prevention kind of evolved into um, U equals U or undetectable equals untransmittable because of like the people's activism and their voices being heard. And I thought that was like, a really great thing. And another thing was PrEP, uh, which stands for? Which stands for um, pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, most people know it as Truvada as a medication. Uh, there's a bunch of um, different, uh, what do you call it? Um, generic? Maybe? Generic brands uh, for PrEP now. Uh, and PrEP was also uh, the activism from uh, the community because they think like, because they, people were saying that like, okay, 
um, where pe people are not dying anymore, but there are still people who are not getting tested, who don't know their status and are transmitting HIV. And actually most of the HIV transmission are from people who don't know their status. So mm -hmm. how do we target those? But, um, but there are people who are saying that like, you know, like, we're doing a lot of this work with testing. We're doing a lot of this work with U equals U and treating people with HIV, but it's still not enough. Mm -hmm. And so it was with the activism of um, the uh, of many gay, bi, men have sex with men, people from the HIV community, they were working together into really creating uh, a strategy and a drug that um, allows people who are HIV negative to be protected with HIV. And that is what is PrEP now. Uh, and because of people's activism uh, it got approved with um, health canada and it was really the push from the community that like you need to approve this because it's really saving other people's lives and we've kind of like have different strategies across the world now with um prep and stuff like that and different uh, hiv uh, prevention strategies mm -hmm. so talking about prep mm -hmm. and isn't it called PEP if you're already on HIV and then PrEP if you don't have HIV and you're taking this prevention? Um, PEP is more like if you are, if you think you're, you went into like a risky situation. So you take PEP so that um, the HIV virus doesn't develop okay. in, in your body. So it's another prevention tool uh, called PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis. So post meaning after an incident and exposure post-exposure prophylaxis, meaning uh, a prevention of a certain infection. Uh, so yeah, PEP was uh, mostly used by doctors. So PEP started, uh, so there's what we called like PEP, which is used by doctors if they have like a needle injury mm -hmm. or something happened when they're trying to have surgery to, with a patient and then there was an accident. So they take PEP so that they don't get HIV or they don't get transmitted with HIV. Uh, and so uh, so that, that's also knowing that like, you know, the medical community is already doing this. Why are we not delivering this on like the general public? Mm -hmm. That's like uh, an interesting thing. So it was... Uh, yeah, it kind of like started at that. And then, yeah, and PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. So it's for HIV negative folks. Uh, so they get tested. And after a series of tests, if they found out that they, they are HIV negative, the doctor will prescribe them with PrEP to protect them from HIV. And it's an ongoing uh, doctor's appointment every three months. Yeah, and it's just like interesting. Like, you know, saying hi to your doctor every three months. That's yeah. Really cool. So who do you think should know about PrEP? Because I find that even though it's a drug that is available to anybody, only most, I find that most again bisexual men or men who have sex with men are the ones who are aware of it. And a lot of other people who could be exposed to HIV don't know that this exists. Yeah, which is weird because um, I think it's also because the impact of, uh, of the HIV AIDS activism, it was really focused on gay bi men who have sex with men because it's, it was known as a gay-related um, immune disease or something, mm -hmm. a grid uh, from a while ago. Uh, it was, so a lot of strategies were very, very much focused on gay by women and sex women. And I think it's still also because we still carry the stigma that um, HIV is a gay disease. And so a lot more focus are on gay by women and sex with men. And it's not necessarily a wrong Thing that um, the strat these strategies are focused on gay women have sex with men because in fact about um, 
about 50% of HIV uh, new HIV diagnoses are with um, gay by hand sex with men. So I think it's, um, uh, I think it's okay that um, the focus is on gay by hand sex with men, but I, I also acknowledge that there's still work to be done on uh, different types of communities, uh, on different um, priority populations, such as um, um, African Caribbean black communities uh, to, um, homeless people, um, injection drug users, um, indigenous folks, um, different types of communities uh, also need uh, these different types of strategies. And uh, I think the fact that um, uh, the fact that PrEP or HIV prevention is very much focused on gay, bi, and sex with men, that means there's still a lot more work to be done uh, for different types of communities in the HIV AIDS activism. Great. So if people want to learn more about PrEP, PEP, Trimines Prevention, the HIV AIDS movement, where can they go? Or who can they, who can they contact? Um, so they can contact me. So my name is Brian. Uh, my email is brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at aco-cso.ca. Yeah, you just email me. Uh, but in terms of resources, they can go to Katie website. So it's katie.ca. A. And how do you spell that? Um, let me check. <laughs> yeah, katie.ca. So C-A-T-I-E uh, dot C-A for more information about HIV and Hep C. And if they really want to learn more uh, for in terms of resources for gay, bi, men, home, sex with men, um, they can go to uh, thesexyouwant.ca, uh, which gives you a a lot of information about the different types of sex that you're going to have a lot of like mental health supports and sexual health supports uh, for gay bi women have sex with men and it's not just limited to HIV um, it includes a, a variety of things yeah. perfect Brian thank you so much for coming to high feet today oh you're welcome I am really I'm really happy to be here. It's, it's such a great um, platform to be talking about. And this is just an excuse for us to hang out. I know. <laughs> that is partly true. Partly true. We actually hate each other. We, we do hate each other. But Brian is actually, as a side note, nothing to do with this podcast. But Brian is my drag daughter <laughs> oh. who has not started drag yet. I, I, but someday, uh, someday, 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 you know, I'm very much focused on thriving. I don't have time to be a drag queen. <laughs> but someday, someday, Brenda will so, make it out. Brenda will make it out at some point. Thank you for listening to Hyphy. Uh, this is our podcast on AIDS and HIV, uh, PrEP, testing, HIV movement, mm -hmm. activism, etc. as part of the World AIDS Day yeah. on and December 1st. On December 1st. Uh, so check out uh, the different events. Uh, they're all online. There's also, so go to aco-cso.ca to check out our events. Uh, but at the same time, there are all, a lot of online events uh, during the World AIDS Day. So check those out. Uh, you can Google anything uh, with regards to that. And people from Toronto are doing something. The government of Canada is doing something. Um, uh, a lot of people from the AIDS, uh, HIV AIDS community are doing a lot of things. So check those out. So if you're not in Ottawa, there's stuff happening all over Canada. So you can check yes. that out.
Absolutely, because what hyphy is international? It is all over Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, whatever other platform you like to listen to your podcast on. Um, oh. Whatever this this makes it. Absolutely. Tell your friends. Tell your friends and spread the love. Yeah. Well, thanks, V. <laughs> and now we're gonna end it. So, bye, V. Bye, V. Bye. bye.